0: Now, I've only ever done this once before, so if you will indulge me, allow me to present Galveston, 1900, by Michael Montalvo. Listen, O ye listen, to this tale of woe and truth. Listen to the rains and wind that affect both old and youth. Watch as the people cry and shout as waves crash ever near. Watch as danger rushes forth in terror and in fear. Came on to land this storm of scale, of this I can assure, so sit back and hear the tale of nature's massacre. The year was 1900, the day September 8th, in Galveston a hurricane came as if an angry wraith. Some time before the city thought no storm would break its spine, it would be impossible, said one Isaac Klein. But as we know the best laid plans often go to waste, when nature has set her sights, expect to be misplaced. The storm drew slowly across the sea in August before its strike, but found itself gaining strength, becoming increasingly warlike. Klein shook his head once again, said what need is a sea wall. The water is too shallow. No storm can be our downfall. And the storm continued on, increasing all its strength. By this point it was tropical, something held at arm's length. On the 6th, it saw the gulf, and it increased in rage. The storm was now a hurricane, set to take the center stage. On the morning of the 8th, Klein rode a cart down the beach, for he was in a panic, yelling, get out of the storm's reach. But people still remembered the safety they had known, and few took up this warning, feeling it was overblown. The truth was Klein was now informed from Washington that week that the storm had grown too strong, and... He began to freak. A high tide and a gust of wind had been enough to set him off, but the city flooded often, and the people laughed and scoffed. Then the bridges all fell down, beachgoers began to flee. Houses on the coast destroyed, panic came from glee. Large buildings offered shelter best, but some postponed the trip. For them they were attacked by debris, murder by craftsmanship. Bricks and lumber, slates from roof, were all torn and thrown about. Three thousand homes just vanished, gone in a poof. Then the storm turned to the north and traveled back to sea. It left behind a broken land, damaged from here to eternity. With tallies made, the city gone, feeling so very empty, survivors began to look for kin, eight thousand lost family. Should we all abandon what remains? Should we abandon hope? No, despite the death, despite the loss, it does no good for us to mope. We must rebuild, came the call, and they made the city safer, for although they would face much more storms, they would not be in the same danger. And so ends our tale of Galveston, although there is much more to tell. This episode has rung too long, and so to you, I say farewell. In total, the storm lasted about four hours, and had winds up to about 145 miles per hour. What's interesting and really kind of inspiring here is that, despite the total destruction that the city faced, about a third of it was destroyed. Within six months, with the help of donations, the people had brought it back, and it was better than ever. Sea walls were installed, and thousands of pounds of sand were brought in from the Gulf in order to raise the city to a literal new height. The highest point previously had only been about 8 feet, but with the new developments, it was raised to 17, which was more than enough to handle the 15-foot waves that the hurricane of 1900 had produced. The Galveston Hurricane is often regarded as the worst natural disaster to ever affect the United States. 7,000 buildings and approximately 8,000 people lost their lives, including Isaac Klein's own wife, who was swept away along with dozens of others in the debris of their home, which had been acting as a shelter. If you will allow me to turn morbid for just a moment, people were literally torn apart by debris, and with so many lost, it proved too large a burden on really how to properly and safely dispose of the bodies. The quickest and easiest solution was, of course, cremation, but it wasn't the first choice. Hundreds of bodies were loaded onto barges, and then the ships were sent out for a burial at sea, only to see the bodies returned washed ashore. It was only after this that cremation became the inevitable solution. What's kind of disturbing, though, and really speaks to the large scale of this disaster was that survivors said they could see burning fires for weeks after the hurricane. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.